0: My song might haunt your dreams, tonight I am the man, from God knows where. Singer, songwriter, painter, essayist, collaborator, criminologist, folk, country, Americana, beat, all of the above none of the above. This is Tom Russell's podcast from God knows where.
1: John Yolkenbeck from Frontera Records here. Our publishing division, Frontera Press, has just issued Tom Russell's newest book on his artwork called The Ballad of Western Expressionism. Back in June of this year when I was on the road with Tom, we sat down and had a discussion about art and influences and styles. Let's listen in. Today, we're going to talk about Tom Russell's art. We're going to talk a little bit about the painting process and some of his influences. And I want to go all the way back to the album by the band. I think it was 1968, the music from Big Pink. And there's a story I've I've told in the Museum of Memory's liner notes, but that doesn't mean everybody's read it or heard about it. The cover painting was by Bob Dylan, one of his first paintings, right, uh, I think earlier than Self-Portrait. And there was a contest held by Capitol Records to name that painting. And the winner, who was the winner?
0: Tom Russell. Tom Russell. Great to be back here. Yes, John, I named the painting Crayon Amnesia. And I think that, that holds up. I don't know if Bob kept calling it that, but the painting as i understand hangs in no oh. no no i i was sworn
1: i'm not supposed oh, to tell i you. can't tell you we, where it, we know where the painting okay. is but there was a big story on the internet about it selling for millions of dollars and uh-huh. the person who actually has it said do not put that on facebook that i actually have that painting so okay. it's our, we'll our little you. our little secret but We're that the reason i bring that up is because i think the painting by dylan i, I see some of that concepts in your artwork and some of your paintings so, I didn't know, besides winning a big pink motorcycle to to ride around on, I didn't know how much Dylan's art was an influence on you. So let's start there.
0: You know, obviously his songwriting inspires me to this day. And uh, when I was a kid, I met him. Uh, I've talked about that in the first podcast. But uh, his artwork, I love it. You know, and now uh, he paints somewhat in the style I paint, you know, a little bit folkloric with lots of color. He draws very well. You can tell, like, our life, Bob hangs out in a lot of hotel rooms being a musician on the road. He looks out at the street and draws and paints that. And what what he's into now which I think is fascinating is welding iron gates out of found objects and it,
1: it looks really cool really the stuff I've seen
0: oh man it's great and I'm gonna get back into doing some sculpting with found objects I, I learned how to carve wood when I was in Nigeria in 6970 I want to get back a little bit to that but he's inspiring um, we know one of his art managers and who's been inside that welding studio in California. But uh, Well,
1: I was going to h- hold off on this till the end, but maybe let's just jump around a little bit on some of my questions. So while we're talking about that, what about the whole relation of art to songwriting? Is, in your case... Is there any correlation? Is it something that's just two separate things in your life? How do, how do you see that? I mean, you, obviously you paint some of the musicians. There's a great painting of Ramblin' Jack, and you've done lots of Leonard Cohen's and Bob Dylan's. And So talk to me about that a little bit.
0: It's an, I, The question comes up a lot when you do interviews. And I just read an interview with Bob uh, in a book of his art that came out where he denies that they were related, and maybe for him they're not. For me, they're usually about telling a story, and uh, you get lost in this zone uh, where you zone out from the real world, and on good days, you might paint something good, but it's one out of 10 times, you you know, uh, you usually paint over something. Same way with songs. Guy Clark, who is a damn good painter, has a song called I Can Paint Over That, which is great, (laughs) (laughs) because he stumbles home drunk and messes up again, and then he uses the metaphor of being, I can paint over. <laughs> that is a great song title. Yeah. But you Bob, probably go back further than
1: that. I mean, do you ha- was there anybody in your family that was a painter? Or?
0: Bingo, John. Uh, as I talk about in the first book of my art, which was called Blue Horse, Red Desert, The Art of Tom Russell, which came out six or seven years ago, I talk about my grandmother, Gladys Malloy, who I lived with for a while when I was working for the city uh, of Inglewood in L.A., to make money to go to college. She painted in her kitchen. She had an apartment and a very good realist painter. And she'd paint me if I wanted something. I wanted, will you paint me a picture of Muhammad Ali standing over the beaten sunny listing' because I was into sports at the time. And I my favorite football team, one of them was the Green Bay Packers, Jim Taylor, the fullback she painted me an action picture of that and i have one of her native american portraits that's in um, in our house in texas it's really well done so you I, got
1: some variety from her and i and i see that in your artwork i get asked all the time at the gigs so people say i like his portraits and then other people will be like oh no, i really prefer the like the free range chickens or the southwestern art yeah. or the indians and it's very varied and um you have Fans I don't who like all
0: of it. I don't stick to a style because I don't have to, just like my songwriting. And sometimes, you know, I never went to Nashville and be, tried to become a chart songwriter. I, I, I've always written, whether it's Gaio del Cielo, An Eight Minute Corridor, about what I wanted to write about, irregardless of the commercial market at the time or whatever they were calling that form of music. And uh, same way in painting. Uh, when I first started, I usually say I painted a cow that looked like a donkey or something and and it was they call it naive folk art and so or
1: western expressionism
0: that that came later after i became a better painter i only started painting in 2003 so the first couple years finally yard dog our gallery in austin picked up on it and we just had a show there again and they started selling my paintings they also sell a lot of john langford art very graphic he does a lot of album covers he's a great Artist. So your
1: album Borderland had a painting on it that I think a lot of people think is yours.
0: No, Jay Marvin, who was a well-known talk show host in Chicago and uh, also Denver, he's semi-retired now, but he's still painting. He he painted the cover to Borderland. I painted a lot of the covers. Hot Walker, and, but that was like probably just on the cusp of when you started
1: painting yourself. Yes. Then.
0: I own that painting. Uh, It's somewhere in our stash. Picasso has a great quote, something like, painting, it's a form of magic designed as a meditation between this strange hostile world and us, a way of seizing power by giving form to our terrors as well as our desires. I mean, same way with... uh, performing on stage and writing songs it's a release from the real world that's a drag you know the day-to-day world i'm very fortunate that we make a living now with my art and my music because uh, i've i've done hard labor jobs and stuff and art is a release from that it pulls you out of the tick of the clock in a way and the
1: art and the artist you could go on and on about for days about that i was in a play once about the artist medigliani and One of the quotes was, everybody wants a Van Gogh in their parlor, but who wants Van Gogh? Uh, uh,
0: Another good quote, and uh, I love Van Gogh, was, uh, hey, boys, you want to be a painter? The stores are open that have the same colors Van Gogh used. Go ahead if you're... Or as uh, Jean Cocteau said to Sugar Ray Robinson, and I love this quote, the muse points the way to the uh, door, and you open it, and there's the tightrope. So if you've got the guts... To go out on the tightrope, that's where you find the art.
1: Well, and people are always saying, well, I could have done that, or my, my kindergartner could have done that. But the question is, did you? Did you do it? This person went out there and did that. And
0: and, and like with a lot of people, like Matisse and Picasso, etc. Picasso had a lot of great chops uh, at being a realist. He, at six, he could draw the human form. But they all wanted to get back to the freedom they had when they were six years old, when you could draw a cow or And African art, as I'm going to mention in my next book, opened up a door for them. The African mask brought in modernism.
1: Well, besides some of those greats that we've talked about, what about some more contemporary artists? I know you um, told me you had lunch with Tom Lee.
0: Tom Lee um, passed away, I guess, uh, 20 years ago when I was living in El Paso, somewhere back then was a great Western realist, I'd call him. He was a combat painter in World War II, but uh, also a great illustrator. And he was also a novelist. He wrote The Brave Bulls and several movies and several books that were made into major motion pictures. And Tom was an inspiration. I bought a few Tom Lee prints when I went to Austin, moved to Austin, and Tom signed them for me. And then during his final year, Adair Margo, uh, who ran a gallery that had all of Tom's stuff, said, would you like to have lunch with Tom Lee and his friends? And I was, wow. So I went up to the uh, golf country club and and where Tom had lunch. And there was a huge table with about 10 people around it. Tom's old buddies, cowboys and painters and landscape artists. And she sat me down right next to Tom, who was in his eighties and he was just drinking. Oh, he was eating strawberry ice cream or something. I just sat back there, kind of digging it, as they talked about um, cactus and tequila and painting, and just back and forth, and respecting Tom a lot because Tom had been painting back in the '30s. He did a lot of the great post office murals that hang in the post offices during that era where they hired painters like during WPA. Yeah, or, yeah, WPA painter and uh, great huge paintings on the west and he turned to me finally about two hours into the lunch where i was trying to hide and just listen and said so what have you been working on
1: <laughs> oh, tom russell uh, on the spot
0: yeah tom i'm working on some songs and i really i really want to try painting and he said well all you got to do is step up to the easel and go for it I, you're, you're a great songwriter You've got the mind to be a painter, too. Just go for it. And so he really. That's well, great
1: because he could have just slammed you.
0: He could have been. It's like Robert Hunter when I picked him up in the cab saying, Sing me a song. And I sang him, Gaio del Cielo. And he said, That's a great song. We're going to
1: get to that story one of these days. It's well, yeah. a whole other podcast. But
0: this is this kind of thing that doesn't happen very often. And uh, God bless Tom Lee at his funeral a few months later. The president's wife was there because he collected Tom Lee, one of the bushes, I forget. I think it was the elder bush. But there on, this, on the uh, the altar of the church was Tom Lee, one of his best paintings of his wife, Sarah in Summertime, the, the sunlight going through a dress. Just unbelievable. All these people getting up telling how great Tom Lee was. But he lived on the opposite side of the mountain in El Paso that I did. And there's a great quote. I won't want to use it in the book, but he said, I live apart from any contemporary art scene, from any notion that I have to do this or that. I paint as one man alone on the side of this mountain. I'm glad to be here. And I I feel the same way.
1: That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, So a couple podcasts ago you mentioned somebody i wasn't familiar with um, harry jackson and so i've been meaning to follow up with you uh, about harry jackson harry
0: jackson is a fascinating character and uh, he sang cowboy songs there's two or three of his records available he he wasn't much of a singer as kind of a brag talking he called it like he talked his way through cowboy songs a real character and uh, he ended, i think he ended up in montana or wyoming but uh, he was from chicago He was part of the village scene. Ian Tyson told me about him in Ramblin' Jack, but uh, he was a painter much more than he was a singer, and he was a a realist, but but he was, for a while, he was an abstract expressionist going along with Jackson Pollock, who was his friend, and then Harry went back to uh, Western realism and did portraits. He did a portrait of Bob Dylan, actually. I don't know where that ended up, but uh, then Harry finally moved to Italy and, and began sculpting, and quite a character. He died a few years back, and uh, a lot of people don't remember Harry, but we, we played at the uh, at a museum outside Atlanta. I think it's called the Carter Museum. Is that it? And I did a concert, but there's a huge Harry Jackson painting in there called the Stampede, and I think it it was influenced by a Tom Lee painting that's in a post office somewhere. So he was a character.
1: Well, so uh, while I'm making you do all of my research for me, there was um, some uh, woman in your Blue Horse book, uh, Suzanne Wenger, and I was going to ask you about her.
0: I'm going to get back to talking about her briefly in the next book because she blew me away. She was, briefly, she was an Austrian artist that uh, went to Nigeria in the, late 50's I believe it was. Now I showed up there in 69 to teach criminology for a year and learned to carve wood and play guitar a little But uh, She at the time was in her 70's or 80's and I saw her at a drumming exhibition. She had left her husband who was an anthropologist from Germany and married a primitive Nigerian drummer and fast forwarding became a white priestess in a Yoruba cult. Yoruba is one of the tribal people in Nigeria created a whole art colony in the town of Ashokbo, Nigeria, and we went up there. and I never got to talk to her. She was aloof in a way and spoke the Yoruba language, but this wonderful artistic groves and artistic colonies, and there was just something about her that, like Gauguin, who moved down to the tropics and just unplugged and started painting uh, the native women down there um, and trying to get back to something like, the essence of what the caveman had naturally. Suzanne Wanger pulled it off, I think, more than anybody. There is a few things about her on YouTube and a few books out, but she went all the way back hundreds of years and created a cult and shrines that are very important.
1: Well, while we're talking about artists who move, you've gone from El Paso to Santa Fe, and uh, I know you've recently moved back toward the Austin area, but so... Those change of scenery that you went through, did you find that affecting your art and what you were painting, or the methods you're using, or yeah, how did how did that affect you?
0: I am a I'm a desert type character. I love the desert and the landscapes and cactus, and uh, so El Paso influenced me. Um, I always painted Native Americans because, and that's the first people I wrote songs about. But uh, Georgia O'Keefe was she. In a way, uh, Georgia ended up out in, uh, actually, she taught school out there in Texas for a while before she moved up to the Taos area and became uh, well-known as a painter. I don't think anybody can paint like Georgia O'Keeffe. I mean, she's in her own world. I think it's great. One of my biggest inspirations, uh, Fritz Scholder, who painted Native Americans, who's part Native American, was influenced by Georgia. And I write about him in my book, Ceremonies of the Horseman. But he would paint a a Native American face and smear it like the painter Francis Bacon would do. So they were uh, inspirations in the the way they used color and the way they used the landscape and then pushed it. But I had a lot to learn when I first started in El Paso. By the time I got to, uh, my wife and I moved to Santa Fe. 4 or 5 years ago and built me a studio there. You had to be influenced by the uh, sundowns and the sunrises are spectacular there and everybody tries to paint them. But as DH Lawrence once said who moved there, uh nobody can outpaint God. So
1: but so you're basically self-taught. yes you? you haven't gone to art no. school? You weren't like John Lennon
0: who gets kicked out of art school no. or anything like that? I never had models like Matisse did. <laughs> and these guys who came over on Sunday, you couldn't. I never went to art school. I, I wasn't a very good drawer when I was a kid. Even though I don't paint realistically, if I paint somebody like Johnny Cash or Dylan or Zivon, I seem to get at the heart and soul of who they are. We just sold a
1: Johnny Cash painting the other night on the road, and I swear, every single night before it sold, somebody would come up to me and they would say, that end of the cigarette looks like it's lit on stage and and it was just his eyes and the the way you present them it's just uncanny
0: yeah thanks I I try to get at it If, if I'm not getting it there's a lot in getting the lips the expression on the face the hand gestures the cigarette the hairdo that if I don't get it I paint over it and start over
1: so I'm going to ask you something here. I know that the first self-portrait you did was on Museum of Memories, Volume 2, which I conveniently forgot to return to you. So that's one of the paintings in my collection. Thanks, John. And uh, there was a self-portrait of a man with blue bandana in a raincoat or something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But have you ever painted the lovely Nadine?
0: People are asking me that all the time. Uh, I thought I
1: had an original question.
0: I have painted Nadine and drawn Nadine, but uh, whether I want to sell that, that's another story. Uh, You've been exhibited
1: in how many galleries? You're around the world? Where are you?
0: I've been fortunate. Our biggest gallery right now is in Santa Fe, right on the square, the Rainbow Man, rainbowman.com. They have about 80 of my paintings and lots of my prints and records and books and Anybody going to Santa Fe should go into the Rainbow Man or call them up or look at their website. Also, in Austin, Yard Dog Gallery I mentioned, they have a a lot of my paintings. They have a website, yarddog.com. Randy is there. I have a huge painting of Willie Nelson in the Hyatt Hotel on the river in Austin. You said it's six feet high. Six feet high by four feet wide. It went up a few weeks ago, and I'm so happy because... On either side of the painting uh, are constant 24-hour videos of Austin musicians and Towns and William. Also, up the street at Guero's, G-U-E-R-O-S, a Mexican restaurant, there's a huge Tom Russell painting in the bar from about 10 years ago uh, called the, I think it's called the the Pulque Drinkers. So a lot of stuff is in Texas. Also, the El Paso Museum of Art has one of my uh, triptychs of the... uh, drug war in the hills of Juarez and then there's another one Liss Gallery LISS in Toronto that does a lot of famous musicians paintings like Ronnie Wood has Tom Russell is, that, or
1: is that a uh, Leonard Cohen painting that they have
0: yeah they have several uh, Leonard Cohen paintings I think and True North Records that put out my Ann and Sylvia record also has a gallery up near Toronto the Frontera Gallery Frontera Records in Kansas City has a Ramblin' Jack Elliott print that's quite good.
1: Or directly through you, you can, through the yeah, office. To, to,
0: Tom, yeah, Tom Russell office, Tom Russell gallery in Switzerland has uh, at least 10 or 15 paintings. So if people go on TomRussellArt.com, they can see most of what's available. There, there are more paintings at Rainbow Man that aren't on the site yet, but soon they will be.
1: And it seems like I'm... Constantly updating it with paintings that have sold, and so it's that's always good.
0: Yeah, and I think it's time for a new book of Tom Russell art because I think I've painted. Uh, I'm so getting it,
1: there. Was Blue Horse Red Desert? Is that yeah? That right? and, came and out was,
0: six or seven years. So ago. So that's pretty far outdated. Yeah, I think I think I've got some paintings that need to go in a book, and, and I. And then need... we did the uh, Folk Hotel. Yeah, it has some good art in it of singer-songwriters and towns and uh, Dave Van Ross.
1: So what do you have planned for this next book? What's going on with that?
0: It's going to be called The Ballad of Western Expressionism because one of my collectors who collects me, a guy and his wife that live in Texas, said, Tom is the king of Western expressionism or something. And I like that. I don't know exactly what it means, but it sounds cool. So I did a painting called that. But I have also five or six Native American paintings that I think are the best... I've done. They're big paintings. I want to get those in there. So,
1: are you going to have a, a, a theme with it, or is
0: it no? And I'm going to show some of my paintings from the last five or six, seven years that I think. But it'll are, have portraits. It'll have everything. The whole game A woman, even in uh, related to my wife, a woman who teaches uh, yoga in Switzerland, said, "Can you do me some kind of serene paintings that be, can be used for meditation?" So I did six or seven paintings of the beach at Montauk that are basically blue and are very abstract. So I, it's all over the place. I'm not I'm nailed down to just drawing horses and Indians, you know. So it'll have all that in there and a long essay. Well, that sounds like your music. It's it, <laughs> well, You're not
1: pinned pin down to anything. I'm, I don't have the, to. Be. You know what the toughest question I have at the merch table is? What? Is uh, which one would you buy if, if you had to buy just one? And I'm like... <sighs> how do I answer that? I mean, it depends on, yeah. And then I have to go through the whole routine. That's why you're a good
0: guy to have selling merch on the road. Well, but it's, it's tough
1: because you are very eclectic in both music and art.
0: As I said, we don't own a TV. We don't read newspapers. People say, how do you have so much time to write books and do art and paint and go on? Hey, I don't know what other people do. I'm not on the couch watching TV. Uh, I, uh, I like to paint, and then I like to go over to the computer or pick up the guitar. I have to sing at least 30 minutes a day to keep my chops up. And then we tour, and then uh, we do gallery shows, and it's a good life. You know? no, I
1: don't know how you do it. Last night on the way out the door, one of the patrons came by me and just said, how does he get that much energy?
0: I have a beautiful uh, wife who's a psychologist, a master in psychology, and a master yoga teacher and knows everything about food, and uh, she gets me out the door before I have that fatal shot of whiskey, and down the road we go. She must be doing
1: something right. Tom Russell, always good to talk to you. and Great talking to you, John. I'm sure we'll be back with some more podcasts from God knows where (laughs) shortly, so stay
0: tuned. Yeah, I've got so many ideas, uh, but let's say sayonara. We'll see you on the road. Adios. How great is Tom Russell? He is terrific. Isn't he tremendous? It really creates a mood. Yeah, it's always the best. I would like to quit this job and just travel with him. Travel with him? If, if the money can be worked out. I'm sure, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs>